Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the partner at Goat Rodeo Capital, Carlton Carlton Fowler, also known as C, uh, CJ. Let me say it again. Um, and I have with me today the partner at Goat Rodeo Capital, uh, Carlton Fowler, also known as CJ for short. Uh, his website is GoatRodeoCapital.com. CJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought I'd ask because it's a new year. How's uh, 2021 treating you so far? Um, so far, it's been great. Um, I'm, I'm actually up up in Tahoe looking at the lake, um, enjoying talking to you and your fine listeners. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, and I was saying offline, I'm not uh, jealous at all uh, that you get that beautiful view in front of you that I don't get to see. But anyway, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Um, well, CJ, just real quickly, because uh, I know we want to get to the nitty gritty here in regards to entrepreneurial uh, tips and advice and all that good stuff. Uh, let people know, for people that are hearing about Goat Rodeo Capital for the first time, what's your company about? Yeah, um, we're, we're you know primarily early stage. Uh, we focus on beverage alcohol, traditional beverage, um, and also a little bit of cannabis. So mm. uh, some, some really fun areas to invest in. Um, I, I actually come from an operator background. Um, helped build a lot of brands that I expect some of your listeners um, are, are drinking on, on this upcoming weekend and cheers to you guys. <laughs> um, so I, I got to come at it from an interesting way. F- first, I built the brands and now I invest in them. Wow. That, uh, that is pretty incredible. Um, you want to name drop any companies <laughs> that are, sure. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I worked for a long time at, at E&J Gallo and probably the brand that I'm, I'm proudest of there is, is high noon. Um, mm. the, the heart seltzer. Hmm. That's really cool. Uh, I also love that you are involved in cannabis. Uh, my husband is a veteran and he wishes that if cannabis was in the military space, uh, there'd be less people with depression um, and uh, just overall better mental health. In our opinion, obviously we can't say that's scientifically true, but uh, we're big cannabis fans ourselves. Yeah, it's it's medicine. Uh, you know, the way we look at it is, um, you know, we, we, we like to be anywhere where there's a share of buzz. So we're, we're in beverage alcohol and we're also in cannabis. Yeah, no, fantastic. Uh, so you mentioned that you like to work in the early stages of business. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Are you referring to startups? Yeah, absolutely. So we we you know we we like to do seed stage investing. You know, occasionally we'll we'll go a little higher and do Series A, Series B. But our our favorite time to get involved in companies is you know right when they're seeing product market fit and they're really kind of refining the strategy that's hopefully going to take them you know you know to the to the stratosphere and, and enjoy a lot of success. So. Because because of I've been an operator, mm-hmm. um, I, I like to say I, I've made every mistake that's possible to make, um, <laughs> and 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 they can benefit from all the dumb things that I've done. Um, if if I can be on there and, and and have a board position and just say, hey, you know, I know you're thinking of that. I understand why. Uh, here's what happened when I did it. It was a disaster. But if you do X, Y, and Z, I think you're going to be able to get to the success you're looking for. Awesome. I love it. Well, uh, let's talk about as you termed. I'm not saying that. I, I'm saying this, I'm saying, I'm quoting you. Let's talk about some of those dumb mistakes, uh, CJ, that you want to share with our uh, listeners that may, be, that may be early stage in their business and may be looking for uh, funding. Yeah, I, you know, I, you know the, the biggest thing I can say is, 
is a, a lot of entrepreneurs and I myself have often been guilty of overthink. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're trying to optimize your business before you're in market. Just mm-hmm. get in market and hear what that the, the consumers have to say. Hear what your what your distributors have to say. Um, that that's the biggest one. You know, yes, a lot of a lot of really interesting, elegant, and refined thought I know goes into these startups. But but often when we get when we get started, um, people people kind of want to talk things to death and and almost yeah. exclusively. My 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 advice is always going to be like, well, let's try it. Let's A/B test. Um, I I think that might be a wonderful idea. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs sometimes get a little uh, frustrated because my my favorite answer is maybe. I don't know. Let's go find out. Um, and and then it's really about you know you know within that maybe within that test, how do you make sure that you're 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 being careful with your capital, you're being yeah. careful with your relationships, and you're always respecting your consumer. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, my favorite word is always maybe. <laughs> I love that. That should just be like a sticker that you have around or like a, like a, on your, on your hat, <laughs> just, just maybe. Um, well, let's talk about that. Cause like you said, I think it is very uh, common for a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, in the early stages to overthink and you're here saying, um, Hey, let's, let's just go straight to the market. Give us a case study, uh, whether it's a, a current client or a favorite co- client that you've worked with, where you've really helped them kind of, uh, uh, step over overthinking and just yeah. focus on getting in the market. I mean, I mean, in this case, and you know, really, all credit goes to these entrepreneurs. Um, we have a really great portfolio company called Drinksmith. Um, mm-hmm. And to, to give a background, you know, what, what I always say is the difference between a, a bad cocktail and a good cocktail is really just fresh ingredients. You know, the difference between a good cocktail and a great cocktail is who you're enjoying it with, the ambiance. Mm. But fresh ingredients really dictate. And these Drinksmith guys they made this amazing patented process. It's a dual chamber bottle that uses HPP packing, which is the same stuff that makes those delicious like Suja or Evolution Fresh juices. Mm-hmm. And they use all, you know, all the bitters, all the things that make a wonderful cocktail. And, and you twist and you shake and you have a truly like high-end mixology level cocktail at home. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, but the problem there is custom packaging is always expensive. It just mm. is, um, especially at low volumes. And so they, they had this amazing vision um, mm-hmm. and that vision is actively becoming true right now. Um, they just needed to get in the market and see what the cost would bear. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everybody had an opinion. Everybody they asked had an opinion on what it should be priced. Um so instead, the decision was, nope, just go out and you know, price it high and see what happens. Go mm-hmm. out, you use direct-to-consumer tools, get up on the internet, you know, you know, fulfill through shipping, find, find your first thousand customers, and they're going to tell you what it should be priced. Don't sit here and try and do a bunch of analysis. Just get out in the market. And, and, and as they found, um, their drinks were so high quality that the customer was willing to pay enough for them to make the proper margin. Um, and, and now they're getting so much traction that as they scale, um, they're going to be able to go into the traditional bricks and mortar channels and be able to handle the higher cost there. But they wouldn't be at that point if they hadn't just gotten in market and saw and got the data from the consumers. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think that's uh, that's really incredible. Um, you can think all day and you can over plan and research all day, but it comes down to what the consumers have to say, right? And so really cool to hear how that, um, that particular uh, client um, was able to succeed just because you kind of pushed them out the door <laughs> and say, go with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Um, I'm curious to know, uh, you know, so it sounds like you have been uh, in this space for a while, uh, Carlton. Let me know um, what has been your pride point so far at this point in your journey as an entrepreneur. 
Um, well, I can tell you, you know, you know, had had more fun than you can imagine working at Gallo. It's just such a high character organization, um, mm-hmm. and I actually reported into someone with the last name Gallo. So, really mm-hmm. got a, a great spring there. But my, my my biggest pride point is is you know, kind of seeing a little bit into the future and saying, hey, um, you know, you know, beverage alcohol is no different from other consumer categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all migrating more online. You know, everybody has an iPhone. Everybody sees the world, you know, or an Android, sees the world through that that six-inch screen. Um, and that's, that's really going to fundamentally change the way a lot of consumer categories interact with retail and interact with the consumer. Um, and we really built our first fund around that thesis that the old the old way of doing business putting things on trucks getting it on shelves is not going to be the way we do business um yeah. you know 10 years from now and and we actually had that thesis before covid hit mm. um and sometimes it's better to be lucky than good um yeah. and, and covid wow. really accelerated a lot of the digitization of all consumer but especially alcohol so we um we we were we were in that thought process early. We invested in entrepreneurs that understood that. Um, obviously, all the credit goes to them. They do the work, but I think I think a big pride point was seeing how the world. You know, that's what a venture capitalist is supposed to do. You're supposed to make a bet on how you think the world's going to be ten years from now. Mm. Um, and it looks like we were more correct, faster than, than <laughs> even I thought we were going to be. Yeah, that uh, I have to say, uh, 2020, um, I, I hadn't been in, I mean, I graduated college almost a decade ago and in my college days, I drank a lot, but let me tell you, 2020 <laughs> was the year that brought me back to my college days, except yeah. from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as it turns out, you know, and my heart goes out to all the bars that were shut down, yeah, um, yeah. but even though they were all shut down, people kept drinking. It all just <laughs> migrated, it all migrated into the home. And a lot of that migrated digitally. Like you, you saw just um, just a couple of weeks ago, Uber bought Drizzly. Um, oh. that, that's that's basically Uber saying yeah. we think the future of alcohol is going to be deliver at home, and we're willing to pay a billion dollars to get out in front of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that my friends and I started doing—I mean, just started—is that there's this um, cocktail. Um, subscri- uh, what is it? Is a cocktail kit subscription package. I'm not going to oh, mention yeah. the name because I don't want to give them credit here. But um, they mail you a cocktail kit every month, and um, all you have to do though is buy the alcohol at the store because that um, because they can't you know mail alcohol yet <laughs> over in part of this kit. But um, you know, uh, instead of just going instead of going to the bars or the breweries, uh, my friends uh, do a cocktail thing over zoom. (laughs) And let me tell you, it's just as fun. And I think it's a lot safer because obviously no one's driving home. Um, and Hey, it it is really interesting to see the future of, um, how we will socialize around drinks. Yep. Well, and I'll tell you something that I think someone looking at this industry wouldn't necessarily know is that notion of the, the zoom happy hours. Um, one thing that's really surprised me is how big, what I call the non-premise is, right? So Mm -hmm. on-premise are bars off-premises drinking at home. Mm-hmm. The non-premise is kind of this middle part that that were, were corporate happy hours, retreats, and stuff like that. And that didn't go away during COVID either. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of really interesting companies fulfilling this notion of like, hey, do you want to have a 500-person corporate happy hour, but everybody is working from home now? How do you do it? Well, mm-hmm. you know, companies have to step up, figure out ways to, to get around some, you know, work with the regulations and compliantly get those things to people so they can still have the culture building that companies want to do over a drink. That's, you know, the reason we're all in this business. Um, and it's just amazing to watch how quickly the ecosystem and really great entrepreneurs can sniff out these opportunities and enact on them. Yeah, absolutely. I am curious to know how the breweries are going to, um, uh, 
at least the ones where you can come and, you know, socialize and hang out and, and go to the patios and stuff. I am curious how uh, they're adapting to this time. I do know that a lot of them are doing like curbside delivery. If you want to uh, pick up uh, some yeah. beverages, you know, and I was like, that that's pretty cool. I like that. I'm, I'm so happy that, I mean, obviously I don't think alcohol will ever go away, but really happy to see how they've been able to adapt in that way. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's great. The, the, the notion of capitalism always finding a way is obviously something that makes me very happy because it, all, all it means is there are lots of thoughtful entrepreneurs, as your title conveys, <laughs> out there taking advantage of situations no matter how bad they are. Yeah, absolutely. I also really like what you said earlier, uh, CJ, that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, that's the first time I'm hearing that, but it makes so much sense. Like sometimes you just have to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that uh, from your experience. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll use another kitschy phrase. You know, luck is is you know when when you know chance meets opportunity or whatever that phrase is. I, I can't think. Oh, of pre- when preparation meets preparation opportunity. meets opportunity, and that's <laughs> um, and and they're both true, right? So. When, you know, whether it's on the VC level where you're thinking through, okay, what do I think the world's going to be? That's the preparation part. Um, yeah. and, and being willing to make the bet before it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the preparation part. And then, the, you know, the, the, the luck aspect is, you know, events that are out of your control and you have to accept that nearly everything is out of your control yeah. uh, both, you know, as, as an entrepreneur they conspire to either validate your thesis or not. Um, but that, that's the advice I'd really put out the entrepreneurs is you'll look lucky um, and let other people think you're lucky. That's great. Um, but really probably you just to put a lot of preparation into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, wow. CJ, I feel like we uh, shared so much already. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share to our small business owners and entrepreneurs listening to our show? Yeah. I mean, the the one thing I'd say is um, we're, we're, you know, pe- people who are in VC for the right reasons are very generous with their time. I'm generous with my time. Your listeners, if, if they have a product that they think touches my world, um, reach out. You, you might not be ready for investment, but you're always ready for advice. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's really what we're here for. Like deal flow is life for us. We want to talk to people. We want to help them because the more successful they are, the more successful their investors are. Um, yeah. So that's um, that's that's why I come on these podcasts. Is you know I set a, a certain aside amount of my time, a certain amount of my time aside a week just to hold office hours um, and, and talk to anybody who wants to, because in this game, because I love watching entrepreneurs succeed. Yeah. I love it. Is there any misconception about VCs that you want our listeners to know about to give them the reassurance that they can reach out to you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, certain ones are, I'm, I'm sure there, there are people who are really arrogant about it and, and <laughs> otherwise, and maybe they'll, they'll get a bad taste in their mouth. But mm. I think fundamentally most, most VCs understand that deal flow is life. Um, and, mm. and you won't always want to invest in every deal you talk to. And as long as you're respectful and, and give appropriate feedback and not lead people on, then, then, then it's up to the entrepreneur to take that feedback or not. Um, and, and, you know, and, and not feel invalidated personally simply because the person they're talking to doesn't like their idea. Everybody's got to have thick skin. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then as long as there's respect in the conversation, it usually works out just fine. Awesome. Well, on that note, CJ, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you again for joining us here on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate it. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, uh, and again, to our listeners, this is Carlton Fowler, also known as CJ for short, uh, partner at Goat Rodeo Capital. You can learn more, more about him and his company at GoatRodeoCapital.com. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. 
Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.